Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. You are listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Broadcasting to you from the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast, the third coast of Texas. The darkest truths from the darkest web need to be told. And you must listen to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I don't normally comment on X, just lurk most of the time, but I saw this thread and figured why the fuck not I'll post. I had three different events, might have to post them separately, might not post all of them if I get tired of typing, I suck at green text BTW so I'll just type it out. The first event I had was when I was a kiddo, although I didn't realize it until I was older, but my parents and school teachers did. Before 9-11 I was always, always, drawing cities, and would put the Twin Towers in them burning, although I was like four at the time and I had never even seen them or heard of them. I did this in my agenda notebook, on the desk, on paper at home, all the time. Nobody thought anything of it until 9-11 happened and then everyone was very quiet around me. They would try to be really nice to me. They wanted me to draw something other than burning towers. They never told me what. They just told me to draw whatever I wanted. Don't really remember much beyond that though. Fast forward about a decade and a half. I find my old agenda notebooks in the closet and see 9-11 scribbles all over them from time periods far before 9-11. I finally went and asked my parents about it and they were extremely squirmy on the subject, but finally they had told me that I was drawing all of this before 9-11 and that they were hoping I would just forget. They had told me that my mother apparently predicted a bunch of plane crashes between the 60s and the 80s to excruciating detail, down to the exact locations they would hit, although she lost this ability when I was born. Apparently my grandmother and my great-grandmother have the same ability to varying other degrees. It's really made me question a lot of shit ever since though, to the extent that I seriously worry about my own thoughts. Story number two. Significantly after this, but before rediscovering this weird life event of mine, I had another incident take place. I had the day off and had gone to sleep, although once I had awoken in my dream I didn't realize I was asleep. I lived out day after day, week after week month after month in this dream that I didn't even know was a dream, however it was not a good one. Eventually at some distant future point the space station was deorbited, I do not know if this was intentional, or if it was normal orbital decay, or if it was even the ISS and not just one of the Chinese stations, however, shortly after this there was a limited nuclear exchange in which 36 nuclear weapons were detonated in the Texas Gulf region. I am unsure what happened with the rest of the country though but I imagine it was catastrophic, services never came back. Shortly after this came airstrikes, no idea from who, it honestly looked like some variant of Su-30 Russian plane, only a few however before those two eventually stopped. About a week after this it got horrific, there were a bunch of anvil clouds that seemingly developed out of nowhere and large spacecraft were seen in them, not emerging Independence Day style, but as if the cloud itself was some kind of portal and these ships were sort of halfway loitering halfway and slash out of the portal, the ships were large angular brick shaped but had no real texture to speak of, they were a sort of solid stone slash slate gray, and just sat there. We never saw anything come out of them, 
All we remembered were screams, from everywhere, and these monsters that would peel the skin from children and parents and wear their skin, and they were capable of perfectly imitating the voices of the people whose skin they took. They did this to lure people out of their hiding spots and take them. Killing yourself to escape them would not work. They could reanimate the dead. Part 2 after this. Part 2 of the last story. If you killed yourself to escape, it wouldn't work. They could reanimate the dead and keep you on some sort of life support for the sake of experimentation. I don't know why or how but somehow I knew that if they took you that you were theirs forever. There was no escape. However they also had large facilities on the earth. They looked like normal warehouses but the ones who wore people's skin were inside these. They would liquefy humans in here and keep them in devices that looked similar to dryers. And each liquefied human was kept in their own. And we had a hand scanner we could use to find where a person's remains were so we could steal them so that they couldn't reconstitute their remains and make them suffer. Somehow we could reconstruct the entire person back to what they were with this liquid. However the ones who wore people's skin had these large pools ringed with symbols that looked similar to Zoroastrian enigmas. I don't know the spelling. And they would fill these pools with the people's liquefied remains and bathe in them. And their children would bathe in them and drink them. And they would try throwing people in and if you fell in then you were one of them. This went on until most of the human race had been wiped out. I do not remember most of what happened as this was a single dream spanning almost 72 years. Eventually though their spacecraft were destroyed. Most of the life on Earth was destroyed. It had become a large desert. I remember there were still alligators though. And whatever had transpired had killed the sun. It was slowly dying. As if perhaps they had siphoned energy from it to escape. I don't know if anyone intervened on our behalf but I think someone did. But I remember I was walking with a girl in a blue dress. She was my wife. I don't have a wife in real life mind you. Part 3 after this. But anyways me and my wife in the blue dress were walking down the road. There was a small ditch on the left side, with a few alligators in it, and a line of trees on the other following the ditch. We were walking home, and there were bits of these spacecraft everywhere. The sun looked like it was setting but it wasn't. Damaged or something as I stated in previous post, but we finally got home it was getting close to night time. I then remember her whispering to me very quietly, we need to be quiet and turn all the lights off or they'll see us. We did this, and saw lights on the horizon slowly blinking out one by one by one. I don't know if the lights were really close enough or not, but I could swear I heard distant screaming, like there was a reason their lights were going off, as though even in our victory we were still being hunted, I do not know what our enemy was, we all just called it them. I woke up after this, and realized I had been asleep for almost 14 hours, normally I sleep 7 and a half, and that this 72 years of mine had all somehow been a complex fabrication of my imagination. However, every single event leading up to this has happened so far again, every single last one, and I fear that either I am once again in the long dream, or that it has become reality this time, and we are about to see tribulation. All of this sounds ridiculous to believe whatsoever I know, I still have two other stories about similar events to this if you're interested. What events have come true, and what's coming next? Russian invasion of Crimea, Iraq falling apart and returning to a fractured state, Syrian intervention. The next things to come along are that the rest of the Middle East falls apart. Not just what we're already seeing but Jordan, Lebanon, Saudi Arabia, Iran, pretty much everything except Israel, eventually a space station, no idea which one or one slash how will de-orbit, a war between Russia and the U.S. is going to kick off, it's inevitable, Russia is going to invade up through Mexico, the red line is how far into the U.S. they end up advancing due to aid from the native Mexican population initiating an insurrection due to increased nationalism, and a weak quasi-breakup of the U.S. following a civil war. 
The green circle is a flashpoint where Russia didn't invade at first, they stayed on one side of the ship channel until finally attempting to cross it and that's when things go nuclear. 36 nuclear weapons are exhanged in and around the green circle, I have no idea how many are exchanged elsewhere as that is the last time we have internet or TV ever again. Many other electronic devices and vehicles still work however, mostly older ones though and for some reason as I said the handheld scanner for finding humans worked. Russia does a few more strikes with aircraft that I assume were hardened against the initial nuclear exchange, although they very quickly stopped as I imagine they likely ran out of fuel or some such other reason. Very soon after this is when the ships arrived. Damn dude, that actually seems somewhat plausible. Question. If I kills myself right when the space station falls out of orbit will I still be able to be reanimated slash liquefied by those things? Any idea of what they looked like or no? They are able to reanimate the bodies if they're fresh. I don't think they can if they've been dead for a long time or in the ground for a while. But I think there's about a one week window that they still can. I wouldn't advise killing yourself though obviously. I'm not sure what they looked like. They were always wearing human skin when I saw them. Although it was sort of loose and they would walk upright like humans. But they could run faster than any human. And even faster on all fours. Even the child sized ones were stronger than any human. There was no way to kill any of them either. I don't mean that figuratively, I mean literally in my entire time I had not seen a single one die. They had a weird sort of glow to them though, like you could see under the skin where they had glowing machinery or augmented body parts or something that were part of them, and some of them the heads didn't look right because you could see the human skin on them but you could see four or five glowing white eyes under the skin. The only way to survive was either run, which wasn't advisable because they will catch you on foot, or hide until they leave, but even that wasn't too good because they were extremely quiet and would just sit there and wait outside of doors silently until people opened them and then they would take them. The only people who really survived were the ones who had already gotten to the middle of nowhere when the nuclear war went down, or those who had basically given away their own as bait to lure them away while they escaped. I would not doubt for a second that by the end of the 72 years there were probably only a few hundred thousand people left on Earth, if even that many. Fuck me man, that's really fucking realistic. That area of the US isn't just any area, that's motherfucking Houston Beaumont area. They have one of the largest refinery complexes in the world and a huge arm manufacturing in the US. Most of the US's gas and lots of goods are made in those complexes. A nuclear exchange would make sense there of all places and the ship channel is a perfect natural delineator of the area. As for the Mexican uprising yeah I can see it as well although not as easily. Honestly though, I'm much more scared of your other predictions. Can you give us more info on them and spill your guts on your other stories and or predictions? I am hooked. My scanner isn't working so I can't upload anything I've drawn about this stuff without it being shit tier quality but from what I can tell, their technology is compartmentalized, as in they have several tiers slash hierarchies of technology, whether this is due to them being an amalgam of civilizations or not is unknown to me, but I think it might be a similar reason to just not wanting us to get their technology, I'm pretty sure the hand scanner was theirs, but I was based off existing human technology, or maybe human technology was based off of it? I'm not sure. Most of their other stuff was absolutely useless to us though, there was no way for us to use it, somehow with these portals being open they were siphoning some kind of energy that powered the ships completely different from electricity, although I'm not sure they even needed the portals dbqh. 
Without this energy the pieces of their ships were literally nothing more than useless common metal slash alloys, they somehow underwent some kind of rapid breakdown without the energy source, I don't remember how the portals closed or how the ships were destroyed, I was in the middle of nowhere at the time, I'm almost certain, 90% anyways, that they're some kind of scavenger civilization, they wait for civilizations to wipe themselves out and then it's like it's some kind of cosmic law that for the most part everyone is allowed to pick through the remains, which I think is what happened after the nuclear war, and I think someone didn't like this and kicked them out, but not before they damaged the sun as a final fuck you to humans and whoever helped them. As I said though it was not fun, there was something left behind, I don't think it was them though, I think it was something else, it was something in the long dark that would eat people, they didn't glow and I never saw them, I just knew not to ever show any light at night time ever, and when it was night we slept underground, part 2 in a second, part 2. We slept underground under the house in case the things in the dark came inside and found us, I think they were little more than animals, maybe something they left behind, but I don't know. I don't even know if the long dark was permanent or not, as that's when the dream ended, the sun was dying, it was also possible in addition to this that it was nighttime as it was that the sun had died or that they had moved an object in front of it to obfuscate the earth, or maybe it was residual atmospheric debris from the nuclear war and everything else that had happened, I know for a fact that something did happen to the sun though so it could have been a compounded mixture of these events. In addition to this, I remember one time during this dream, a different occasion, where I had gotten onto one of the ships somehow, and I saw what happened to the people who were taken, they were intubated in their back and varying body parts, not too much unlike the Matrix, however there were far more cables and other mechanisms that I have no idea what they were, but if you die then these devices let that bring you back, and most of the people attached to these devices were spliced open with organs showing or missing entire pieces of their bodies, there were a few people who weren't much more than heads with gore sticking out of the bottom, but they were still intubated and kept alive and mostly just screamed. The inside of the ships was the same slate grayish color but there were colors made of energy, perhaps as electronic interface panels of some sort but probably not, it wasn't pretty colors though, just varying shades of white slash yellow slash light light bluish. It was very basic too, none of that age. R. Geiger alien style, the ships were very utilitarian in design on the inside, everything served a purpose and only that purpose, no decoration whatsoever. In addition to all of this, I say Mexican uprising. What I mean is that the Mexico aligned with Russia and most of South America slash Central America, so this coupled with Russia allowed for a fairly robust invasion, the U.S. had been weakened substantially already as I said due to the internal civil war, whether it is related to this election or not though I'm not sure, under normal circumstances I doubt they would be able to pull off an invasion though so we must have been fairly weakened, I know the White House and the Capitol was taken by the People's Revolutionary Force, shit name but that's what they called themselves or had grown to be called anyways, so for the most part the government had already been decapitated before the invasion, in addition to all of this, again, the invasion and subsequent nuclear exchange had all come about very quickly, I was out in the backyard with my mother putting white Christmas lights in the backyard as patio lights, I don't think it was near Christmas though. We had literally walked inside and my dad was laying on the floor watching TV and had said well I guess we just started World War 3 and not 20 seconds after that the first flash went off outside near what would probably be the Pasadena area of Houston, followed by the large area of petrochemical plants on the other side of the ship channel, they looked to be fairly low yield. 10 to 20 kilotons range, as though they were specifically trying to target smaller areas but I don't know, we got the shockwave where I was and our windows were blown out but the building was still intact with little damage. I'm almost certain, 90% anyways, 
that they're some kind of scavenger civilization. They wait for civilizations to wipe themselves out and then it's like it's some kind of cosmic law that for the most part everyone is allowed to pick through the remains, which I think is what happened after the nuclear war, and I think someone didn't like this and kicked them out. That's an interesting concept, not gonna lie. I wonder who it was that helped us. Perhaps it was the greys slash reptilians? Can you describe more in detail what they looked like? I know you mentioned that they wore our skins but underneath the machinery and the like that glow green, can you expand on that? And this just occurred to me but are they in any way related to the skinwalker stories? Could the skinwalkers be forward scouts for them? Maybe this is what happens to people that go missing in the woods. The inside of the ships was the same slate grayish color but they were colors made of energy, perhaps as electronic interface panels of some sort but probably not, it wasn't pretty colors though, just varying shades of white slash yellow slash light light bluish. You know what's even crazier? TBS just released a show that's basically mocking abduction experiences and the like. It was interesting to see their depiction of a spacecraft's interior only it was much more white. Here's the link, what do you think? Keep posting BTW, I'm really enjoying this. I had never said they were glowing green under their skin, I don't think I did. They were glowing the same as their ships as a sort of white slash yellowy bluish color. I don't have a word for it but it wasn't an earth color. I speculate on the machinery but there were bits and pieces poking out through the skin and holes in the skin due to some people's skin going necrotic. The machinery under the skin looked like a very similar stone gray as their ships. The skin was pretty contorted on their bodies in some cases though. As I said multiple eyes covered by the skin sometimes, or others where the skin didn't exactly fit that right. They still had mouths though but I don't think it was for eating. I think perhaps it helped them grab onto people or for the express purpose of killing or subduing them. I don't even know if they were technically alive or if they themselves were just biological machines. Some of them really seemed like they wanted the skin as trophies more than anything though. They collected it and some of them were wearing multiple layers. And as I said I have no idea whatsoever as to why they would liquefy the people and put them in the dryer machines in the warehouses. Surely they had some purpose but I don't know. It could just be as simple as storage or perhaps some religious purpose of theirs. They seem to have some interest in Zoroastrianism as I said. I don't know how even a breakaway civilization could fight them though. From my understanding they were possibly the first intelligent species ever throughout all dimensions, or one of the first anyways. I can't imagine anyone from this planet could even fathom a way to fight them. It would have had to have been someone else out there on their technological level. I have no idea what Skinwalkers is. Can you give me a link? Part 2 after. The ship in that video looks nothing like their ships, sorry. They didn't have digital displays like that, it was kind of like some strange form of hard light formed out of energy or something. But it had solid pieces that it looked like if the hard light turned off then they would fall to the floor but they didn't. They sat there in a static position. The ship had no windows whatsoever either. And any writing anywhere it was in the same light slash energy as the consoles. The best I can describe it is that the ship was as much an amalgam of a mash of technologies as one can imagine. There was stuff that just simply looked out of place for something like that. Rudimentary tools along with energy, along with patchwork on the inside of the ships as though they were extremely old. But at the same time they looked like they were made of metal and stone at the same time if that makes any sense. I used to work in the plants and they could actually survive a low yield blast fairly well. 
as they're built to survive the explosions of nearby units slash plants already, you might have to rebuild the control room and change butterfly valves and anything else with an electronic sensor but most of the stuff out there that could be that sensitive is buried, my guess is it could only take about a month or two to get it back online. Assuming you had workers and assuming the plant itself wasn't hit too close. Here was a limited nuclear exchange in which 36 nuclear weapons were detonated in the Texas Gulf region. Oh come on man, I was just about to buy a house too. Do you have any idea of the timeline for this? 36 nuclear weapons were detonated in the Texas Gulf region. Another concerned Anon, this better be a metaphor damn it I live here. It's not a metaphor, and I don't have much of a timeline. As I told you it was like 72 years in my dream, and I was a lot younger when I had this. At the time I had thought it was just a really elaborate nightmare until stuff actually started happening. I think you're pretty good until the rest of the Middle East falls apart though. I've been trying to save up enough money to just GTFO to the middle of nowhere though Desu, but there's not really any job opportunities out there I imagine as there are here so. It should really escalate once one of the space stations come down though, maybe the ISS? Since I doubt anyone would really be too upset about the Chinese one coming down. Sorry I thought you mentioned something about them glowing green. I'm surprised you haven't heard about skinwalkers since they sound so similar to how you say they act in regards to assuming the form of a human being to entice others to come out. I don't have a link but I've attached a story that hits way too close home with me. What this guy describes is almost exactly what I experienced down to the way their jaw moved. Yeah I figured it was different but I thought I'd ask. Were they ships generally just blocky shaped? They seem vaguely similar to the ships from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that destroyed Earth. Was there any resistance by humanity to these beings in your visions? Okay. UFO sightings have recently increased over 500%. Department of Defense all of a sudden stream rolling through alien slash UFO disclosure. 10 feet alien spotted in a Mexican's backyard in Vegas. Intel community leaders had a meeting at Wright-Patterson AFB, rumored to be the location of several captured UFOs. Five Eyes UFO briefing, thanks to retarded Canadians for leaking. Gang of Eight emergency briefing in Senecif. Congress announced their own briefing. Congress will not vote for the rest of the week. NASA says we need to prepare for total internet blackout that will last months. I'm not saying it's happening, but it's happening guys. This could be the biggest happening of all happenings. I seriously think Earth is being invaded by aliens. Something serious is happening. Yeah, you have an election coming up. Amazing timing, isn't it? 1994, Canadian journalist Serge Monar releases the book Project Blue Beam, explaining Project Blue Beam theory and how it ultimately ends in a fake alien invasion which will be used to usher in a new world order and spends the next two years giving lectures and interviews on the topic. 1996, the police arrest Serge Monar for homeschooling his children and take his daughter away. The following day, Serge Manai is released from jail and suspiciously dies of what is reported as a heart attack. The beams are blue Annans. I repeat, the beams are blue. Ten feet alien spotted in a Mexican's backyard in Vegas. That story was a fucking lie in half. Worst part is it wasn't even the most retarded UFO lie this year. 
The worst one was the one with Logan faggot retard Paul saying he secretly recorded a UFO tape but won't release it due to copyright reasons. You are retarded. I have it on good authority that the video Logan Paul has is real. I don't think the Mexican is lying either. If you watch the video he posted you can almost clearly see the alien, pick related attached. Hello everybody, welcome to my channel. This is my first video. I'm here to tell you what happened to me on May 1st, 2023. I'm trying to explain the best of my abilities. This is not a conspiracy theory. I'm not making this story out for cloud or fame. I just want to tell you what happened to me and my family. And I know some people are not gonna believe this, but each person is different. So this is what happened to me. Keep in mind, this is midnight and I'm fixing a truck in my backyard. At this point, I'm only with my brother and I hear something fall from the sky. I turn around, the only thing I, I see is a big light falling from the sky and moments after, I feel a big impact and a, and a bang, sort of like a big impact fall. And me and my brother looked at each other and we were scared, but, the, but when the impact happened, it was sort of like a shock wave like an out-of-body experience. So to say, when I tried to look at the object, it was all blurry, not my vision, but only the backyard area. And I hear thousands of footsteps around me, and maybe a couple seconds later, the blurriness was gone. And here's, here's the footage of the body, the police officer's body cam, and here's the object I'm, the object I'm referring to, the light. Video. Here's a ring camera video. You can hear the bang. This is around the neighborhood. So here's the video. So when that happened, the only thing I can see in the backyard is a tall creature, probably around eight, 10 feet tall, very thin. So I called my dad, he went to the backyard, and he saw the same thing, the same creature I saw. He told me to go inside the house. At this point, we all freaking out, me and my family. And here's a video where we were in the backyard area. You can see, you cannot see it too good, but on camera, but it's there. Here's a video. Hey! <laughs> Moments after the video, me and my brother went to go pick up my tools. Then my brother calls me and he told me, he told me shakingly, look behind the forklift. So I look, keep in mind I'm facing the forklift and then I see the alien creature. So when I saw it, it was a tall, skinny, lengthy creature. It was a gray greenish color. And when I looked at it in the eyes, my body just froze. Like the same way, the same experience as having sleep paralysis. Keep in mind, I'm staring at him and I look at his whole body and he has a weird looking feet and a big face and eyes and you can see a big mouth. And 
and I, I could hear his loud, deep breathing, and I could see his stomach moving. He would just stare at me. Seconds later, I could start moving again. And I start running towards the house. That's when I called 911, and here's a 911 call. There's like an eight-foot person beside it, and another one's inside, and it has big eyes and looking at us, and it's still there. Okay, where is this on your property? Uh, in my backyard. I swear to God, this is not a joke. This is actually we so there's two, we terrified of it. So there's two people or two subjects that are in your backyard? Correct, and they're very large. They're like eight foot. Nine feet, ten foot, I don't know. They're, they, look like, they look like aliens to us. Big eyes, they have big eyes. Like, okay. like I can't explain it. And big mouth. They're shiny eyes and... And they're not human. They're 100% they're not human. Okay. Okay, so you're saying... I'm waiting for the police to come, and you can hear footsteps in the backyard area. And a loud whispering, like, you hear whisperings. We were in, we were in the living room area, and you could, hear, you could hear footsteps on the roof. So we waited a little bit for the police. When they arrived... They told me what I told them what I saw, and they were kind of freaked out. Here's the body cam of the officer. And now it's more than an hour after that bright light. Officers meeting up with the caller and his family. What'd you see? It was like a, it was like a big creature. A big creature? Yeah, like a little testing top. I'm not gonna BS you guys. One of my partners said they saw something fall out of the sky too, so that's yeah. why I'm kind of curious. Did you yeah, see anything land in your backyard? Or? They see like a big. That's what they say. They see like a big, uh, like a big something with light. What I saw right now, I do believe in it. Police walk into the backyard to investigate, but Metro. So they went in the backyard, and one of the officers pointed at the floor, and it was a perfect circle. Here's a photo of the circle I'm referring to. Keep in mind, two officers came in my house, and one of them started running to his car, driving around the neighborhood, asking passing cars as they saw light. What's clear? They're taking this call seriously. Hey, this might sound like a really dumb question, but did you guys see anything fall out of the sky? Asking others what they yeah. saw. Uh, I would normally discount it as nothing. However, um, seeing as one of my partners said they saw it too, only reason I'm actually investigating it further. Goosebumps are freaking out. He started investigating that he told me his partner, she saw a light falling from the sky. He told me he believes me because her partner reported that she saw the same light as me. Now we're walking the front yard. Then the other officer came here. Here's a video of him talking to my family. It those, those nine foot beings come back, don't call us, all right? Deal with it yourself. That, I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> so moments before they left, one of the officers told me, if I see the thing again, don't call him, just shoot him. And you can hear in the video, here's the video. If those nine foot beings come back, don't call us, all right? Deal with it yourself. That, I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> so they left, and we went inside the house, and we started praying. As we're praying, you can hear a loud human-like scream in the backyard. This is what happened to me on May 1st, 2023. I hope you guys kind of understand what happened to me. I know it's hard to believe, but I saw what I saw, and it's kind of going viral. That's why I'm here to explain the story. I did an interview with journalist Doc Papa. I'm a police video in the description. 
I'm going to make a part two of the stuff that happened after May 1st, and thank you for watching the video. Remember everyone aliens equals demons screeching starts outside when the family starts praying, not a coincidence the heavens are being shaken and the powers are crashing down. I believe the USA and Russia have gamma ray burst weapons systems developed and publicly tested in the last 10 years or so the Norway spiral was a Russian test of this system, and the spiral in Greenland and Mexico were USA test of these weapons. They are going to fly gigantic drones above the major cities and hit them with gamma ray bursts from above to kill every living thing in them while not damaging the infrastructure itself picture is my original post on GLP about it back in 2014. Links are below as some original links are dead. Circular polarization gamma ray bursts. For the first time circular polarization has been observed in the afterglow of a gamma ray burst, GRB. The light from the afterglow is 10,000 times more strongly circularly polarized than expected. The current theoretical models that describe particle acceleration in a GRB are unable to explain this surprising observation. It turns out that the light is not only linearly polarized, it propagates in one plane, but also circularly polarized, it propagates around an axis and follows a path like a corkscrew. This finding is a huge surprise to us. According to theoretical models the circular polarization is too weak to be measured, but apparently particle acceleration and the role of the structure of the magnetic field in jets is not fully understood. Except for these five ones. When you say there's so many. The nation. Well, I, I, th I think that given where we are and the impression that, that this is some sort of uh, circumstances that, that's happened in the last couple of weeks, I think at, at a minimum our director of, of national intelligence 
should should go in front of the American people and explain what we know, what we don't know, without without uh, divulging any classified information. But this, it's clear to me, this is not a recent recent uh, phenomenon. And why do you think the administration waited until now to start bringing this to light? I don't this know. Has been I don't know. Fear mongering, it's intentional fear mongering. I don't know, I don't know. I just know that, that go going into this, the last two hearings, I had the impression that this was uh, uh, something that, that had happened over the last two weeks, and it, that's not accurate. This has been going on a long time. Do they give an explanation as to why they're shooting them down now? Why nope, they're deciding? They did not. Yeah, some are saying that it's a wagging of the dog to improve. Approval rating. I don't care to speculate on that. I, I just know that uh, uh, we need some more transparency. I understand the need for national security secrets, but uh, now that this cow is out of the barn, uh, the president and the director of national intelligence needs to address it. Uh, they need to explain to the American people if they know, and I'm not sure they know, if they know they're not telling us uh, what these things are, who put them up there, and do they pose a threat to the American people, and if the answer is no, how do they know that? Um, What's your assessment? Do you feel like there's a threat? Le learning what you've just learned, do you feel like the threat level is low, or The only thing I feel confident saying right now is that um, if you are confused, you understand the situation perfectly. Um, what do you think about Nikki Haley announcing that she wants to be the nominee of your party for president? I think that competition makes all of us better. And I also think, here's my prediction on the presidential election, the experts will be wrong. What it is? Can you tell us whether they have informed you as to the balloon's ability to intercept communications, whether it be radio communications or telecommunications? Well, it's, this is public information. Uh, the administration has said that uh, uh, somehow um, our military and our intelligence community were able to jam the communications of the spy balloon in terms of, of it being able to relay information to other third parties, including but not limited to China. I've read that in the paper, but I haven't heard them say that. Well, just that one balloon or all of the objects have visibility? Just that one balloon. Let, let me emphasize. Let me say it again. This has been going on for a long time. Um, we, we know some of the objects. Others we think we probably missed. And we don't know what most of them are. So walking away from this thing, still having a lot of questions. Yes. Yes. We have we have unity in the confusion. Thank you. Did you learn anything significant beyond what's been reported in the news to you? Uh, yeah, I learned a little bit. I can't talk about all of it, but I, I, I what I took away from from the briefing today more than so from the briefing last week is that uh, this has been going on for a long, long, long time. Uh, at, at, at least 2017, and last week we were told 2019. Uh, that's what I took away from it today.
Thanks, guys. Lock your doors tonight. Kill aliens. Behead aliens. Power armor kick an alien into the concrete. Slam dunk a little green man into the trash can. Crucify filthy Xenos. Defecate in a Martian's food. Launch UFOs into the sun. Stir fry graze in a wok. Toss aliens into active volcanoes. Urinate into an alien's fuel rod. Judo throw aliens into a plasma cutter. Twist graze heads off. Report aliens to XCOM. Karate chop aliens in half. Step on disgusting alien eggs. Trap aliens in quicksand. Crush aliens in the trash compactor. Liquify aliens in a vat of acid. Probe aliens. Dissect aliens. Exterminate aliens in the gas chamber. Stomp alien skulls with mech-powered boots. Cremate aliens in the oven. Lobotomize aliens. Mandatory abortions for aliens. Grind face huggers in the garbage disposal. Drown aliens in fried chicken grease. Vaporize aliens with their own ray guns. Kick reptilians down the stairs. Feed aliens to alligators. Slice aliens with lightsabers. UFO knowledge. It's been a bit of a rough week for me. It's still going to be a rough week for me, so I may not reply as much. Drop your questions and criticisms, and I'll answer them as best as I can. I'll address some other questions I saw elsewhere below. I don't know anything about the Moonman post. No interest in a trip code. It sounds pretentious. You should be skeptical. Over time, though, I think a lot of people will find themselves coming back to what I said. How do other countries know about the existence of this underwater facility? The same way we do. They've been looking at crash sites as long as we have. I know, Les Fred, you said it's an all-hands-on-deck situation if the crafts start messing with our nukes. Correct. Does this happen often? About once every 10 years for the US. We suspect other countries have had similar issues and reactions. What kind of reaction is there when these events occur? A higher-up joked months after the last one I saw that the phones ring everywhere but the president's office. In the same instance, I mentioned above, they deployed multiple aircraft and a sub with serious intent. The sub didn't arrive in time. Fighters probably never saw the end coming. Is this related to the underwater structure that Gordon Cooper cited and Discovery Channel had to cancel that show for season three. Nothing in those pictures ring a bell. If you see the construction facility, you'll know. You can't miss it. As for if they were instructed to leave, that could be true. Your answer on tools you found in vehicles makes you seem like you are LARPing. There must have been more advanced and intruding tools than a fucking toothpick. I had to think a bit about this one for multiple reasons and I think I'll cover the abduction tools in greater detail. There are tools that induce a childlike state or something akin to having a stroke. We covered that. The tools I didn't talk about are the ones that are designed to take objects the size of pills and push them deep into your tissue and stomach. 
these tools aren't friendly and don't account for extreme pain. There's also another tool that looks like a circular battery you would find in a key fob, designed for keeping your eyes open when deployed. It also stops the eyes from moving almost perfectly. How on earth would it be possible to maintain a secret with such a large amount of people constantly in the know? Not just over years, but literally decades. That's just it. They haven't been able to maintain secrecy. That's a major reason the previous management didn't mind us being so open with each other. If you mean more historically, as in the past 20 years or more, now you know why I find references to MJ-12 funny. Secrecy is all gone, but now it's just about obfuscation and misinformation. What is the extent of contractor or third-party involvement in their work? Not as often as you imagine. We use them now. And Anon mentioned Lockheed last Fred. Such a great company, aren't they? Definitely wouldn't be the type to try to leak things to the public. Are there work contracts that go out for UAP work? You normally have to sign and agree to a contract. What kind of language is put out in the government's acquisition channels to indicate a project is UAP or UAP adjacent? None. They show up and tell you where you'll be and what you'll do. You have to be top tier in your field. You also have to be so clean you've never seen a speeding ticket. Compartmentalization. Most don't know 100% what's permissible to discuss, but they know what slash who 100% isn't. Add on the threat of legal and criminal action and family loved ones, it's quite easy to understand how it happens. Anon nailed it perfectly. This was changing until new management showed up. Any ability to prove it? I'm willing to work with you on ideas. You might like what I have up my sleeve closer to the end. Favorite ice cream? Vanilla. Sprinkles. When Oumuamua was spotted, were there concerns in your circles that it could be related to the construct? A few places panic with every hot sighting here and there. We know almost instantly by looking at gravity and speed. Why is there so much alien activity in Mexico? Bermuda Triangle is right next door to Mexico. They also avoid certain parts because they crash there often. The A's are literally hanging out with an Indian tribe in Sonora and taking the people on tours of other planets. Sauce. What do they do with one of these drones once it is finished with its task? They are not exclusively drones. It returns to the construction facility. You said that they only make them right before they use them. Yes, built to spec every time they launch, as far as we can tell. What do they do with them after it's been used? Based on heat signatures, likely smelted back down into parts. Either way, it's probably related to Blue Eisenhower November, whether he knows it or not. Explain, I'm learning as well. Why this image to start your frets? Saw the release on TV and laughed because the USAF is so far in the dark. Is this a project you worked on? Not that specific UFO, probably not. The one in the picture of my post is definitely real. What sort of reporting structure do you slash did you have at your UAP job? I'm hesitant to go over this in detail. I would love to explain that. 
Are there any guidelines or procedures for releasing info to the public that you're aware of? For me, it was, you know what the USAF knows and nothing else ever. And things like the Space Force are going to be disinformation based. Any idea why new management was so hell-bent on changing course? New management coming in, thinking they can make sweeping changes and fix everything, while impressing their leadership, if I had to guess. Should be on tomorrow night, if all goes well. Back again for a bit. Does Karen Seamount in the Atlantic between Bermuda and VA have anything to do with the A's? No idea. It moves constantly and doesn't really leave traces the ones with or without probes. I figured most people realized the anal probe joke was an obvious cue we haven't seen any females. We did talk in great depth about the reasons why. We think it's mainly a military operation, or they just don't have them, hence male only. Could we find evidence that the factory mothership has extracted materials from the ocean floor or the Earth's crust to produce the UAPs? It sends out UFOs to extract, quite often, yes. We have yet to really see them mine the ocean floor, since it's harder to know that far down. The last miner we looked at had a huge haul of gold, iron, and silver. No dirt. Where does the most exotic material, Moscovium, I assume, come from? Off-world. I don't think Element 115 is that big of a deal off of Earth. The main source of power. We really wanted to see how the construction facility is powered. What is amazing are their alloys. They have alloys that are impossible to reproduce. Correct. Element 115 nuclei lasts for milliseconds before disintegrating under lab conditions. Correct. Still a massive problem. What race of A's we know actually exist? Never had another one mentioned other than the ones I described. If they interfere when there is a nuclear threat, why didn't they prevent the World War II nukes? We talked about this a lot, and honestly, we never came to a solid conclusion, other than they may not have realized our capability until we used them. They were interested in test sites, but never actually stopped the ones that we set off. Do they have portable weapons like phasers or ray guns? If so, please describe. They do have weapons. I've never seen or held one now, and suspect the first team always took them away. Looking at the abduction tools and the general capability of the construction facility, I wouldn't want to face off against one. I like how OP asked you for a source on this. Don't confuse interest with the burden of proof, while being totally unwilling to provide their own proof. Sure, let me just walk on through the Golden Gates and get that for you and on. Would you like me to drop off your resume while I'm there? Is this factory craft on duty as a fire watch of sorts? The U.S. believes this is the case. That, or its preparation for something more. Conversely, is their population enough to say that they are a colony coexisting here? It wouldn't surprise me if they had a base off-world, nearby, or even on Earth. We never saw consistent stops that would indicate a base. I also now believe it may not be the only facility with everyone talking about the Arctic. These craft never really went near the Arctic either. What resources are they mining or monitoring slash attracted to? They consistently mine gold. 
Want to talk about mapping on LIDAR? Interesting, you mentioned LIDAR. I mean tech we don't know how to use slash distribute yet. You should keep watching the development of laser technology. Looking at it from a SIF with a higher understanding, it looks like the do-all tool. Mining quite literally takes the resource out of the rock without leaving much dirt. China still scares us. Are they using resources from Earth to build a ship slash drone? We think the harder to find elements come from off-world, but yes, partially. If so, does that mean that we would have the means to do the same and just don't have the knowledge? Lack of knowledge and a few of our elements. The thought was passed around frequently about the level of heat required to shape the alloy. We've wondered if that's another reason it sits in the ocean. What form of language do the aliens use? I mentioned that in a previous thread. I asked for images from another anon. It looks similar. I want to see more. If you were to classify them on Kardashev scale, what type are they? Not my area of knowledge. Perhaps they want us to know that they exist. I think they don't care that we know. If anything, the threat of them being able to arm our nukes is enough alone. Are they carbon-based life forms like us? What are they based on? Not my area again. From what I could see and tell, yes. Do you think there is a chance we are their creation slash experiment? We both look very similar. It wouldn't surprise me, and I'm inclined to think so. What are your theories on the UFO frenzy of February? They downed free crafts, and then nada. We never see that many downed, unless we found a good way to intercept them. Can they manipulate consciousness? Are they related to the mystery of life after death? No idea. I don't know if you've answered this already, but what do they know about the underwater pyramid and complex near Cuba? First, I've heard of it. Did you work for the government before your current UFO job? If so, mind telling us? Yes. And can you tell us what you studied back then? Absolutely not. You can probably guess easily, though. And is this construction facility somehow related to the incident that happened back in 2019, west of San Diego? Rumors and questions, because we weren't tracking them at the time. Looker from K here. Do our conventional weapons have any capability against the UAPs? They look like they would go down to a pistol. In reality, though, I'm not sure. What about the lasers that are being tested against UAVs and rockets? Wouldn't surprise me even slightly. They do nearly everything with light and lasers. What are your thoughts on the Baltic Sea anomaly? Crashed UFO or just a weird-looking geological thing? Doesn't stand out to me. I also don't know what a few decades under an ocean does to them either. Speaking of which, the main construction facility does not rust or deteriorate from what we can tell. It was even stopping electrical equipment when ships were sailing over. They have this ability. Did anything surprising or unexpected ever happen at the crash site? The first thread has a few instances. The first body I ever saw spooked me. Almost didn't think it was real. Why not tell everyone if there is so much evidence? Because most governments think the local population is stupid. They're not wrong. You're not AF? Air Force? No. Karen Seamount. The construction facility never goes near it. I can say that much. Could a human physically best them? I'm not an expert, but probably. Their size and frame are the one reason they don't make it through crashes often. Why do you think this is? 
do they hate glowies as much as we do? Perhaps, but I've never heard of them being outwardly pleasant to anyone. Wouldn't it be easier for them to mine all the gold they need in some asteroid and then bring it to Earth? I haven't really covered much on the resourcing end of operations, but we believe they do this for certain elements. Gold doesn't appear to be one of them. Purely efficiency, ad engineering driven, I have never seen anything emotionally driven in their craft. If so, maybe they really are a soulless race, drones, genetically degenerate, or engineered. That's one theory. The U.S. mostly believes they are just military, as I previously discussed. Do you know the stealth capabilities of the ships? I assume not all have the same characteristics, but there is some baseline. These crafts are so rare we almost never see them crash, because we can't track them. We only recently started finding craft with stealth capabilities. Maybe 1 in 20 is stealth technology, but there is some baseline. Different internals, same stealth tech made to spec, like I said. I have to perform two abductions, make me a craft to fit two prisoners and four crew, and shape it to fit perfectly with all my tools. With Ava Miles, ask me stuff. Grandpa worked for the U.S. government. I don't know what his exact role was, but he died last month of cancer, and during the last few weeks of his life, he spilled the beans on some stuff regarding alien ship to me. I don't know if it's real or just an old dude on his deathbed pulling my leg. I love Grimms. I have some time to kill. Ask me anything. Just to start off, here's a few random tidbits of Grimms lore. Some of this is pasting from a Google Doc that I made of everything, so the writing is a little more formal here. Majestic, or MJ-12, from conspiracy theories and stuff, is not real. It's an OP used as a distraction. The US government has a huge hand in UFO conspiracy theories and such. Several prominent UFOologists on their payroll. Greys are the first aliens he met. He was told this is because they're already so ubiquitous in popular culture, to the point where they've pretty much ceased to be an alien. So it's the easiest and least unsettling alien to meet. He said it would be shocking how accurate our popular depictions of them are, if not for the fact that their description was an intentional leak in preparation for the disclosure event that was to occur in the 1980s. Was being the operating word here, because it never fucking happened. Reagan prevented disclosure in the early 80s. There was too much money to be made, and large corporations can't benefit from leaking ET tech available to public. Some ET tech has made it into the private sector, Gramps wouldn't say though. Greys are artificial, but also organic. This is why some people have reported that something is wrong when they are face to face with them, like they don't belong. This is because of some sort of uncalivani kind of effect going on, because we are looking at something that was not the result of the natural processes of evolution, but of careful genetic engineering. Don't get me wrong. They're not robots, not in the way we think of robots. They are fully organic. You ever see Blade Runner? They're like the replicants. They're robots, with their flesh and bone. No idea. I was told he worked for government, but he had a degree in engineering. Depends on the species. The greys are weird as fuck, because they're not real in the sense that we are. They're not organically made. 
Greys were created by a race that we call Precursors to be worker drones. Precursors were a highly advanced civilization originally from the Zeta Reticuli. Went extinct only a few thousand years ago and left behind these little guys. Because they can't reproduce sexually, Greys use cloning. But because the tech they're using belongs to the Precursors and they've been created for very specific tasks with limits to learning and creative abilities, they don't quite understand it, just how to use it, so they're still figuring it out. The way Gramps explained to me is that they can't create stuff, so everything they have is made by a more advanced race, and they just know how to maintain it. So they're advanced, yes, but not like how we would say a civilization is advanced, where they're able to create new tech. I mostly know about the Greys. Gramps didn't go into too much detail about the others. Hmm, that's a hard one, because so much of what we know about UFOs and aliens and shit from popular culture and conspiracy theories has kind of prepared us for it. Like, it's not surprising at all when he told me that the US government turns a blind eye to fucked up shit that the A. Lamaus do. But they did try and prevent it with a treaty that Eisenhower signed, but they broke it really fast because the Greys didn't think they had to follow the treaty. They don't give a shit about anything. The treaty basically said, we provide cadavers for their genetic stuff that they're doing, and they leave live people alone, and that didn't last at all. The stuff that kinda got me is that the US government started actively abducting people and working with Greys on their experiments sometime around the 70s. That's where the Dolce-based rumors mostly fake and gay, but some truth there, started. Oh, and before I forget, let me just lay out the other species for y'all, pasting from my good old Gram's Google Doc I made. The Precursors, who are extinct. The Greys. The Draco. Original Terrans. Draco is the name we gave them. Their true name is unpronounceable. The Zetans, from the same system as the Greys. Grey physiology is based on them often referred to as praying mantis aliens. Zetans are not much more advanced than us, save for the introduction of grey precursor tech a few hundred years before us, and the Nordic, a group that calls themselves Eta, which are actually the same as the tall whites. Almost nothing is known about them, and they are not as human-looking as others say, nor are they blonde-haired, blue-eyed. Sorry, this is something I don't know. Grams just said that one day they met the aliens. Sorry, I know that's lame and a non-answer. Grams only got specific with some things. Also, he wasn't all there when he was telling me this stuff, but whatever. Depends on species. Most of them come visit. Draco have been around for way longer than we have and are from here. Some greys and some zetans live underground. I think it might get boring if I just wait for questions, so I'm going to post more from my handy Google Doc. There is no such thing as Dolce Base, at least not anymore. It moved to the Pacific Ocean in what Grandpa called Pacific Base, but he said it went by a different name. He jokingly said he'd get sniped if he spoke the names. The Greys violated the treaty that Eisenhower had them sign, which outlined sanctioned and unsanctioned procedures. In a nutshell, 
A sanctioned procedure is anything that the U.S. government has deemed acceptable for the Grey to participate in. At this time, the Greys could only perform these procedures on cadavers and livestock provided by the U.S. government. They had to stop abducting people. They reluctantly agreed to this, mostly just because the Greys do not like inconveniences, even the most minuscule ones. And the U.S. government represented a not insignificant inconvenience to them, even if our technology was severely behind theirs. They didn't want any trouble, and they wanted to be able to conduct their work the easiest way possible. And us giving them genetic material was a pretty sweet deal for a while. But it fell short of their goals. When asked why they violated the treaty, they were just like, we don't see what the big deal is. It wasn't working out, so we stopped following it. Like, they had no concept of what a binding agreement or treaty was. They just did what we asked for a while because it was the easiest way forward for them. And then when they wanted to do more, it was only logical that they disobeyed us. Very focused on pure logic. Makes sense, given their origins as worker drones, without the ability to create. There are ruins on the moon, but no actual settlements. Also, the Soviets put people on the moon first. They all died. Phil Schneider is an OP, like a lot of UFO kooks. Graham's word, not mine. Some things he said are true, and some are not. Every OP is like this. I don't know about his death, but it was definitely not a natural one. He doesn't have that knowledge, but told me that the Draco, who predate us on this earth, were very interested in our evolution, and studied us from the very beginning, trying not to interfere. They thought seeing our evolution would shed more light on theirs, so he thinks we evolved naturally. No clue. He had an engineering degree, and since I was little, they always said he worked for the government. He never explicitly told me what he did, even on his deathbed. We asked a bunch, and he always moved on to something else. My brother and I theorized that he may have some moral complex, or be ashamed of what he did. One thing that was interesting was that he knew six languages, so I have floated the idea that he might be a xenolinguist or involved in communicating with the aliens. Name doesn't ring a bell, sorry. The only name he dropped was Richard Dotty. Yes, Antarctica is chock full of stuff that the Draco won't let us touch. They are also really worried about the ice caps melting because of what's in the ice. Have no clue how his engineering degree played into his work, if even at all. He also spoke six languages, so I wonder if that had anything to do about it. As I said in another post, even on his deathbed, he would not explain his actual job. He just wanted us to know what he learned. No, he was stationed at what he calls Pacific Base. In the ice caps, ancient bacteria and viruses, he says. Things that are the reason why the Draco no longer live on the surface. He said there was a hive mind microorganism that the Draco were terrified of. Nothing very exciting. The same deal they have with people, genetic material. The Greys are still trying to figure out how to keep cloning themselves without degenerating. More from my handy dandy Google Doc. If you ever hear a story from someone who claims to have met Greys, ask them how they talk to you. If they say anything other than telepathy, they're full of it. 
but the cat's been out of the bag for a while on that one, so the liars know to say that. They communicate via telepathy, which used to require more than one human present at all times in order to verify, for the record, what was said. They can't direct information to a single person. If you're in their sort of telepathic range, you'll pick up on it. We have developed, with their help, a technology that allows us to record this telepathic communication. So now these groups are no longer needed for record keeping. It's this thing that picks up these waves that contain what they say, and then synthesizes a voice, like a radio. Hopkinsville encounter is real, rogue grace. They still don't know why they did what they did. Reptilians, yes. Running the government, no, no. They work with the government, but they don't really like doing so, so their interactions are limited. When we made contact with Grays, the cat was sort of out of the bag, so they revealed themselves begrudgingly. Yes, underwater crafts are often directly involved with the base in the Pacific, and then the one in the Atlantic and Indian Oceans. The Draco want to study us, or so they say. Also, when I say Draco, I just mean the governing body we have contact with. There are other nations in cave systems around the globe that think differently, but I don't know jack about them, except there are some in South America and in Vietnam. The Greys want to use our genetic material. The Zetans are not sure how humanity can be of use to them, so they are cordial. The Eta are worried we're going to destroy ourselves. Gramps was optimistic, but I am not. Based on what happened when Ronald Reagan killed that initiative, I'm pretty sure they'll hide it until the aliens up and do it themselves. All he knew about the moon were ruins, and the fact that there were dead Soviets up there when we first arrived. The dead Russians were an accident. By the time we landed on the moon, it had been deserted for hundreds of years. What's the point of visiting Earth? We're way off in the boonies of our galaxy. Aren't there more interesting places to visit? Do the different types of aliens get along with each other? Okay, maybe last one, because this is a good question, and it's another one I asked him directly. The Draco were already from here, and a lot of them still live here underground. The Greys are after our genetic material, and the other aliens followed suit. There are very few sentient alien races out there that they know of. We are all very rare, so naturally, they're drawn to us. The Draco keep to themselves, the Eta are very nice apparently, but he never saw one, or even knew anyone who did. Just that they existed and were interested in our civilization continuing on to interstellar travel. The Zetans are nice to us, but he thinks it's because they're trying to figure out if they can exploit us. The Greys, are just Greys. Just little guys who don't really have personalities, or culture, or interests or anything beyond the survival of their race. Maybe. He never said how many, but he said there were monoliths on the moon that are remnants from a past colony that didn't really go anywhere. Do not know, but he did tell me that a lot of people probably already know. Some of the A's are concerned about how we are a danger to our own existence, the Eta in particular. Again, he never met or knew anyone who met them, but there was documentation he was made privy to sometime in the late 70s slash early 80s that detailed meetings between the ETA and members of the extraterrestrial intelligence community, which he claims to have been part of. 
that is literally the most I got out of him in terms of his job and what it actually was. He said they had seen other races like ours die out because of similar things that we are doing to each other and the environment. The ETA pushed for disclosure and democratization of their energy sources in order to fix the issue of accelerated climate change, but you can probably guess why Reagan squashed that. Grams is pretty conservative, but he hates Reagan. Draco biology is similar to ours, as they are from Earth and have a common ancestor, the same one we share with all animals. He doesn't know about the other races. Greys have been using human DNA in their cloning since the 50s, so by now there is probably some similarities. The Greys don't physically speak. The Draco speak in a weird, growling, clicking speech but can pronounce English words. But they don't like to speak English, so they use devices around their vocal cords with speakers that translate what they're saying to English. He says he has heard them speak English without the device before, and they had weird sentence structures on top of just sounding like growling. Like their words all strung together in a singular growl. And they structure their sentences like, if you were to say, I'm going to the store, they would say, Go I store. Here's another extract from the Google Doc that I'm comfortable sharing. The U.S. is kind of a big melting pot, so if you're looking for a diverse gene pool, the U.S. is a good place. That being said, of course, we know that some parts of Africa have greater genetic diversity than anywhere else on the planet. But if you're an alien looking for genetic material and see a country full of all types like ours, you're going to think that's a good spot for harvest. The other thing was our weapons and tech were advancing pretty rapidly, and they were observing it. It's not a coincidence that they started upping the ante around the time we developed nuclear tech. They did the same with the Soviets apparently, but due to some issues, they had to stay out of their airspace. Dolce was a base set up by the race known as the Zetans, who began working with Greys some time ago, at least a couple hundred years. They are what some people call tall greys, or praying mantis, because they resemble the greys when not wearing their armor. When they are wearing it, they look sort of insect-like. Some people have come into contact with them while they're wearing their more traditional flight suits, and that's where you get the term tall greys. But others prefer to wear armor, as they see humans as hostile. So the people who describe praying mantis aliens, they're probably talking about suited obsetans. So the Zetans and Greys have been working out of Dolce for a while, but prior to Roswell, kept most of their observations of humanity remote and limited to a small area around Dolce. It wasn't until they began catching wind of our advancing weapons tech did they start getting a bit more bold. We first discovered Dolce during Eisenhower's first meeting with the ETs. That's where he met not just the Greys, but the Zetans, and signed the Granada Treaty with the Greys. We are not sure if or what he would have signed with the Zetans, because Granada only covers the Greys, but given the physiological similarities between the two races, we wouldn't doubt he thought they were the same. And the Zetans would love that, because it allows them to scapegoat another group. I have intimate knowledge of what the U.S. currently knows about UFOs minus the last two years. UFOs are primarily unmanned drones. UFOs are built to spec 
each time they are deployed. UFOs are created by a mobile construction facility that hides in the ocean. Construction facility destroys anything that comes close to it and will disappear for days when approached aggressively. U.S. believes the facility has been active on Earth for at least 100 years or much longer. Fire away on questions. I'll answer what I can. You won't be disappointed. Is there a working theory on the origins? If so, care to elaborate? Quite a bit, but we think the construction facility has been around since at least 4000 BC. See sightings slash paintings from the early eras of history. Has any form of intelligible communication been established? Yes. It also depends on your viewpoint. They mostly want very little to do with us until we start to talk about war and nuclear options. It's one of the reasons why you see them so often at critical events. Do they know who or what is creating these craft? Yes. As mentioned earlier, the mobile construction unit is responsible for their deployment and construction. Any potential that they are made by a higher branch of the U.S. government? Absolutely not. What allows them to fly so fast? What technology? Gravity manipulation and the materials they are constructed from. We think the construction unit is driven by AI. The response time to threats is almost instant and usually very calculated and well thought out. You all should pay attention to this. The majority of UFOs as I mentioned previously, are built to spec and purpose. This is why they are always different sizes. The contents and equipment usually mimic the intended purpose too. Is it related to that one under the rock in that one Scandinavian country? The one that deploys within tectonic spaces? No, this one almost never leaves the Bermuda Triangle. Bullshit. Governments have, and have had for a while, advanced anti-gravity crafts. You asked if the particular UFOs we study are the result of a foreign government, not if other governments have shittier versions. Speed alone tells us what we are looking at. Do the UAPs return back to the manufacturing unit? Yes. Some come in and leave the planet, but very rarely. Usually, the same number that comes in goes out, unless special circumstances arise. It feels more like a carrier, but with construction capability. What are the purposes of the UAPs? Surveillance of humans? The US believes they are not here to harm us. They only seem interested in us once they realize we are destroying things around us, including each other. One of the officials in charge said something that stuck with me. They act like keepers of a zoo, uninterested in the daily life of wildlife until there's a problem. I can approach the facility without being attacked. Well, the last unit we saw approach the facility didn't even have time to communicate they were being attacked before it was over. What's buried under the Mesa on Skinwalker Ranch? Is that show even legitimate? It seems like some of the most legitimate research on anything paranormal that I've ever seen in my life and I'm very curious about what they seem to be finding. No idea that the project, if any, is likely to be kept separate. There were two rare elements found fused together that were under the mesa, and I'm very curious what's going on there. No idea about that either. The crafts we recover are built with numerous elements. Some aren't even obtainable here.
Are they friends? They cut their losses when crashes are recovered. Same with personnel. Zoo keepers aren't friends with the animals. Do you know if the entities behind the UFOs are native to the Earth? Like an older civilization, breakaway civilization, or a civilization of humans that escaped a previous cycle of cataclysm due to their advanced tech? Limited expertise, since my role is more craft slash analysis. U.S. believes they are foreign to our world. A previous cataclysm could make sense. They also show up in times of strife, such as natural events. Also, I think that the other guy who was talking about approaching the area without being attacked is a remote viewer. I lurked on other boards, but haven't really been to this one, since I was comfortable with the answers I had. I wasn't aware that was a thing on here. There were rumors among my coworkers that had psionic abilities, but honestly, it rarely comes up in a conversation. Give it a shot. Have you tried sending in a raft of hippies? The AI may not recognize them as a threat. JK. Based on previous disappearances and acts of hostility, we believe the construction facility has learned what is and isn't hostile. Usually, it will just move away or stay deep under the water. It doesn't fire on civilian boats, for example. Exceptions apply. We have seen one or two go missing, usually after sharp turns, etc. Any relation to Antarctica? My section monitored just this craft and any interactions it attempted. A previous co-worker did mention something in passing of Antarctica at one point, but I ignored it, if I'm being honest. Talking about other projects is considered career suicide. How about the destination of the space orbs? Is Jupiter a potential destination? I believe they are keeping a massive orb inside of the gas giant, though I have no evidence but many dreams of it. No idea. If it is a project, I haven't seen it. No orbs out of the construction facility, just UFOs. What units have been lost approaching the construction machine? Why have they not sent a Seawolf to investigate? The Jimmy Carter with its nanotech. Everything you can think of, really. At one point, nuclear missiles were being toyed with again, and we deployed fighters and a sub with serious intent. Everything except the sub was lost. How have they come to the conclusion the UAP being released are ET? If they don't know what the UAP are to begin with, or if there is nothing inside them, it's a pretty big jump to go right to ET. They crash sometimes. Parts fail, and gravity engines near the surface of the planet can be like crossing an intersection. We recover these and sometimes find passengers. We mostly see drones now. Back in the earlier days, we saw a lot more piloted craft. Why do you not know anything about the last two years? Just curious. Moved on from the project because of new management that didn't trust older proven methods. Also, any details on what happened to the pilot that didn't have time to communicate? Normal approach details. Pilot responsive and actively talking. The feed cuts out pilot still talking, suddenly nothing. Poor guy likely had no idea it was likely a suicide mission. Based on what we've seen, construction facility has far superior weapons than the UFOs do. This weapon destroys the matter it hits entirely. It also shits on anything electronic in the vicinity. The contents and equipment 
usually mimic the intended purpose too. Likely equipment share a pattern specific to its purpose? Yes. Usually when we find a thinner model. For example, it would have no pilot and a lot of sensory hardware. My favorite is finding one that is fitted for research. If we are lucky, we find things we have never seen before. Before I left, we were looking at what we thought was a lab of some kind for genetics. Are you talking about the one shaped like a pear or a burger? Be more specific. This regard is the burger ones, isn't it? Size, shape, and speed are usually the factors we use to determine what the purpose of the UFO is. We get it wrong sometimes. They can be quite large, and both pear and burger shapes are known as builds. Is this the burger-shaped ones or the pear-shaped ones? Both. I've had two orange orbs approach me to within 100 feet one night, glowing translucent, but rather dim like the setting sun seen through smog. They were flying in 45-degree formations like this, about 50 miles per hour. Research-slash-science vessels sometimes have mobile light-producing cameras used for multiple purposes, from scouting to keeping threats contained or at bay. These are shaped like hammers, and when operated, are extremely bright. Red lights are a sign of hostility or caution to deploy weapons. Orange lights are usually for spotting minerals or living things. As soon as I blinked my flashlight at them, they accelerated to several thousand knots and disappeared over the horizon. Searched YouTube and found several videos of the same objects, mostly near San Diego. I'm not surprised. The range on those is quite large. The UFO was likely somewhere above you, quite high up. Is the underwater base near Catalina Island creating these? No. This one has only left the Atlantic Ocean twice. Both times were before I arrived. Are aliens human or humanoid? Humanoid. Very humanoid. Then, do you know anything about abductions, forced breeding programs, etc.? Bodies are removed before we are allowed to perform work. We definitely see some passing by, hence changes in older, proven methods by new management. Also, <coughs> real, true disclosure anytime soon. The Air Force is extremely frustrated with the lack of progress on their end. We felt similar, but are unable to share details with them. Jack's Valley is somewhat close then. I believe he was the closest so far to what's really going on. No one really knows, and anyone claiming to is full of shit. We know quite a bit about it all, but the shit is about five steps ahead of us. I believe there isn't a situation in which we aren't bamboozled by them. From what I understand, we biologically operate on a point-by-point -point time basis, and is operating on a range of time. Still a nebulous phenomenon that is impossible to be precise about, and plays tricks. How do you study something that doesn't want to be studied? You absolutely nailed it with this comment. The moment we think we start to grasp what's going on, it'll either throw a curveball with its nature or intentions, or seems to instigate global conflict. We're playing checkers while it's a hyper-dimensional Magnus Carlsen. So I'd assume this was sort of AI design that seems to be advanced yet already prepared for the get-go. Can you rephrase this? Basically, when designed to, let's say, be a miner, you will usually see hardware dedicated to resource collection on the vessel. If the vessel is something scientific, you may encounter things like tools, and as previously mentioned, something akin to a lab. We thought of it more as a 
I need to go hiking. So the construction facility builds you a car, UFO, and packs it full of hiking supplies, and even adjusts the shape to fit what was packed. Do you think there are fewer piloted crafts because the population of the facility, if any, is declining? No. The common consensus is that they are just being careful. I've heard recovery of living pilots doesn't usually go well for either of us. We suspect they piloted a lot of initial craft due to early complications. We also saw more crashes. Any bodies recovered show any ranges of aging we can recognize? I wonder if most of the inhabitants are either old or dead at this point, though younger bodies would disprove that, I suppose. No idea about age. Not my specialty. And asking about it would have been a net negative, especially now. Previous higher-ups were better about being open with information, since discovery happened quicker. What do passengers look like? Are they biological or android? Bio. Did you know anything about people such as Stephen Greer, Lou Elizondo, or whatever, etc.? Are these people in the know, or LARPers, or controlled misinfo, etc.? No idea. One name sticks out you didn't mention. Mentioning Bob Lazar by name would likely have taken you out back and put down like a dog. Do the math on why. Out of everything ever found regarding UFOs in general, what is your personal favorite? New engine was deployed with a very large model that I had never seen before. We usually see three to five gravity-producing engines. This one had seven. Favorite object or find? Probably the lab, since we never fully understood how it worked before it was destroyed. Makes me wonder whether a meaningful distinction between scientific study and amusement still exists for them, if it ever did. This was before my time, but they talked about a bus UFO that had more occupants than hardware. Most of the intended purpose appeared to be for physical viewing. I wonder if they ever just wanted to look at the animals. How long until we can hang with aliens? Have any stupid cousins that destroy everything they touch? When do you want to see them again? This is a strangely recurrent theme. At a minimum, they have Cytronic devices of some sort. This reminded me of something in my first year. UFO crashes, they remove the bodies well before my team arrives. We start to look, and the craft is unpowered at first. A few minutes later, the craft powers on and starts to close up. We radio out and get a response from the unit, removing one of the occupants that they are working on. Ship powers off, and the other team asks if we were good to go. No mention of how access was possible. I suspect the pilot may have interfaced with the ship by remote or psionic ability. Not really translucent, but maybe the outer shell was. They definitely had an inner core that wasn't see-through. Lots of tools they used to produce life. If this is still about the old, the shell that you may have seen was just the light around the device. I called the hammer. Why did the UFOs fuck up all those people in Brazil? Sauce? Might let me give you more insight. Was it by accident of them not knowing we'd be damaged by their equipment, or do they not care? If found, they usually monitor us. If approached at an uncomfortable distance, they flee. When cornered, it doesn't end well. Their tools can do harm to us, even for just scientific purposes. We think they just don't care. Do you believe we are under their control in some way? Or were sometime in history? Possibly, but I have no way of knowing. 
the higher-ups I worked for seemed hell-bent on discovering more about them, usually not a quality found among controlled beings. What were the main reasons for the crashes? I'd think random lightning or freak accident, seeing how advanced they are. You'd be surprised by how many mistakes they make, especially the further you look back. One area they seem to avoid, like the plague, we suspect is due to issues with gravity and flight. Before they figured it out, we collected quite a few mishaps there. They've tried to shoot some down, mostly over nuclear incidents, but failed miserably. Did you see written symbols in the craft? Yes, usually marked by doorways and key objects. Written language appears frequently on tools and critical items. Also, it reads like their objective is to observe and preserve. I agree. The idea was pitched that they are waiting for us to mature or perhaps something bigger to arrive, and they don't want us to ruin the planet in the meantime. What do you believe to be the reason for the uptick in sightings? Once again, my knowledge was cut off about two years ago. If you mean very recently, my guess would be the Russians and US having a secret little dance amongst themselves. When nuclear anything gets involved, we see large deployments for long periods of time. Strife seems to be the catalyst. Also, what is your scariest experience while engaging with the phenomenon? What was your favorite, if any? Doors closing on us as mentioned above made me wish I had brown pants. Still fascinated with the lab we found. It was damaged by accident and I never really got much time with it. Are you aware of any foreign A-tech that was successfully reverse engineered? Yes. We used to laugh at Russian and Chinese designs. We stopped laughing at China when they produced an operational but buggy version of their mining equipment. Still stumps most of our engineers. China also lies out of its ass, but from what we saw, we deemed it operational and working. Countries listed above have flight-capable craft, just not very good ones. I'm honestly surprised no one has asked about the energy source or internals. Heading for the night, but we'll be on tomorrow to answer more. One example was shortly after I joined. They said one was downed, but two occupants were alive. The first team couldn't get close without being attacked. Aliens never seemed to recover their lost UFOs for whatever reason, so they just waited a few days until they died, then recovered the UFO. Hostility is usually their last option. Genuinely confused about what you're asking me. Recruitment isn't something easy if that's your goal. They usually recruit people with extremely clean background checks, and I never saw anyone under 35. What is their energy source? You mentioned Bob, so I think I know already. Correct, Ish. The power source is E-115. The thing no one talks about is that usually. They seal it within the craft because it produces its own gravity field. Bob Lazar handled E-115, which was already pulled out, which is rare and weird. Protocol now is that only one person is allowed to handle E-115. I was forbidden from touching or interacting with it. We still have trouble producing this shit too. How do UFOs travel? In the context of those Tic Tac reports and Bob Lazar's report slash video where they seemingly jump for space-time and light to appear in a new location. Notice how it just phases to a new location, like staggers? This is common when moving at high speed from a standstill or slow speed initially. Gravity distorts time, and the object inside the field can stagger when traveling. 
I've heard the craft can detect the presence of a camera and when someone is filming them. Not unless the craft is put into a mode to detect a lens, no. If the UFO is standing still or hovering, though, they won't miss you. You can see a face like you're standing in front of someone a couple miles out. Doesn't look like a camera, though. Their eyes are different. How are you able to talk about any of this? Didn't you swear to secrecy? Yes. Liver cancer sucks. Wouldn't the government already have their eye on you, considering you could turn out to be a loose end? I'm not going on national TV or radio. I'm on a 4chan board. I'm sure they look at stuff like this, but cancer makes you feel a little different. Also, did you or your co-workers experience strange things outside of work that couldn't be related to what you saw? No. Usually most people working there had no prior interest in UFOs, or at least feigned not having interest. Ask me anything, I'll answer what I can. Your LARP is bad, and you should feel that. Learn to read and on. Not true. Most zookeepers love their work and love the animals a great deal. I've wondered if some of them do like us. They definitely have the ability to destroy us. The spheres are a type of unmanned surveillance drone. Shaped like a hammer, but when activated, yes, they appear like spheres due to the intense light. They see light differently, and looking into the sun for them isn't an issue like it is for us. I can't speak for the psionic abilities, if any, since I've only heard rumors in passing. We believe the lack of communication was inherent to their personal beliefs about us. As mentioned previously, but active, serious discussion about destruction gets them going. Do you think they're playing some role in stopping rogue entities and dangers from space, hurting us on a large scale? That was another theory, yes. We think they are more interested in keeping the planet safe from us. Two main suggestions are that we don't spoil the planet before they arrive and take it from us, or they are letting us evolve and grow while preventing devastation. What do you know about this claim? Sadly, not enough to give you a good response. Remote viewing is a very strange thing. It's shown to work at times, but most of the time it doesn't. Or the conclusions have fuzzy connections, as if forced. As for the interdimensional aspect of it, I don't believe there's anything actually interdimensionally happening. It's just our best way to try and grasp slash perceive what's going on behind the veil. From what I understand, whatever is behind the phenomenon is the ability to manipulate matter slash energy in similar ways that we can manipulate information. We can create 3D realities and manipulate them via our understanding of machine code and linear algebra. It also seemed to be able to play around with space-time, almost as if we're sitting on or perceiving time that's been homogeneously transformed into projective space, while they are free to move about homogeneous space. If they haven't entered the projection space, then they could freely move about our space without interacting with it until they collapse their space coordinates into our projective space, normalizing their position with their homogeneous coordinates. Why does image analysis by someone competent on the original UFO always show weird stuff? Gravity and the reflective nature of the craft, usually. Am I right in assuming that disco lights is just air absorbing radiation and being completely saturated by it? No. What materials are these UFOs made of? That answer gets complicated quickly. Short answer is an alloy that we cannot reproduce, but only repurpose. 
This alloy is kind of like a film that fits over the frame of the craft. I mentioned they were built to spec. That's exactly what I mean. The shape is always officially designed. The actual frame itself is heavier and composed of more elements. Both of these alloys have a lot of elements we cannot reproduce. One of the main problems when repurposing these alloys is getting them hot enough. They absorb heat very well and shaping the metal is a tedious process. Can you quickly walk through the process of identifying the contents of a crashed UFO craft? First team leaves that deals with occupants and initial discovery. We arrive and meet with an external member of the team who can touch and examine parts we are not allowed to interact with. We never have to cut our way into the UFO. We enter the first order of business is checking for E-115, then leaving the ship together to send it away. We return and look for any tools and loose objects that can be extracted. We then start to strip any specialized components on board, such as sensory equipment or navigation. We leave and a third and fourth team arrive, likely to remove the bulk of the craft. Tell me about the mobile construction facility making them. Shaped like an extremely large UFO, but as one mentioned before, more of a burger design. Almost never leaves the Atlantic Ocean. In fact, it will sit through hurricanes and only move elsewhere to release or receive a UFO. No visible weapons or cockpit from sat footage. It also does not use any lights, unlike other UFOs. Are there no other things making UFOs? Yes, UFOs arrive and depart Earth, but very infrequently. These UFOs are usually quite large. The US has been itching to get its hands on a freighter UFO, when inbound or outbound, but the chance has never presented itself. Leadership openly stated securing one would result in promotion. That makes sense for the ones like in military videos, but what about the saucers with multicolored lights? I highly doubt these are drones or military, except for the triangle kind. Never seen a triangle UFO. Lights are usually on bigger vessels and are sensory in nature. They are also used to spot each other. Gets asked genuine questions, ignores questions, ignores bonus question. See below. Take less DMT when you ask questions and people might take you halfway serious. People you wouldn't trust to work on your car engine claim they are the go-to guy for examining UFOs. This seems very unlikely. I'm not here to convince anyone. You'll notice yourself coming back to things I've said over time on your own as understanding increases. Pay attention to the Space Force. We were told this would be a long project. Disinformation was one of the key takeaways. New management was hell-bent on going back to secrecy. They thought we were way too open with our operation. Sounds like OP's ship is the later form. I would not be surprised if the pilots are in sentient craft. No, they are remotely controlled or directly controlled. The zookeeper analogy is strange. Agree with another here that most zookeepers like their jobs and care about the animals. They display high levels of empathy. Some of the tools designed for abduction would make you rethink this. A lot of them cause pain or harm. A common tool we find is one that seems to scramble coherent thoughts and make the subject childlike. The best way I can describe its use is like forcing a stroke 
without actually having one. It makes you delirious, but also childlike for a few hours. Are these beings incapable of empathy? Do they have emotions? I assume they must have learned something from the recovered bodies. Never interacted with them. Only heard information passed along. They can be upset though with previously mentioned topics. They definitely have emotion. Are they from off-world and true ETs? The U.S. and leadership were adamant they were off-world. Why the cloak and dagger? You're asking the same questions leadership struggled with. We were not entirely sure. If the Air Force is confused, like you say, why is it the only agency we know of that is not cooperating with Congress in the AARO? You might get a laugh out of this. The USAF is kept in the dark. We operated above them. A close co-worker wondered if even the president knew. Namely, Trump. Because we thought he would just tell anyone. Any idea what they might be waiting for? Personally, I think they just want us to grow and become sentient. UFOs arrive all the time and dock with the mobile construction unit. The way I see it, travel time is quite fast. If something was coming to destroy us, it would have arrived already. Finding out the truth made them cry and fear for the lives of their offspring's will to live. I've always suspected my department was under a much higher one, with more information. I can't speak to any horrors or worries since none were mentioned, unless we were pitching theories. As I stated above, I think a lot of U.S. top brass don't even know about it. I heard the phrase, fuck Bill Clinton, burn around regarding access to information. I'm pretty sure he asked, if I'm not mistaken. Are they human looking, or do they resemble something else? Is it something we've seen written about in the UFO topics or pop culture? They are smaller than humans, and look like your typical gray aliens that you say. Holes for ears, and they can look at very bright objects without being blinded. I've never seen one move their mouth, but I've also never interacted with one. What do you know about these? Operation Fishbowl, nothing. Vergana Crash, nothing. Roswell Crash, they were accurate on some things. The material could have been internal components or small pieces of the alloy around the craft. The alloys I saw look different from the pictures. Operation Moondust, rumors only. Do all nations coordinate their effort studying this Bermuda Triangle factory, or is each doing their own thing? Each of them do their own thing. U.S. is pretty greedy with what it finds. We will usually extract information, but never offer any in return. What is the mining tool China has supposedly reverse-engineered capable of? Hard to explain if you haven't seen it. Basically, it extracts the minerals via beam slash light directly out of the rock. It has the ability to fill the rock to some degree. China was able to figure out how it works and make a similar version. The problem with the one they built is it only operates for a few seconds before it runs out of power. They still don't understand E-115. It also exploded one time and they had to remake it. Are the made-to-spec craft you described just the metal-looking spheres observed and brought up in the latest AARO hearings? Seems to be a lot of orbs, discs, and tic-tacs. Yes, this is exactly why they always look so different. Things like triangles and hard-edged squares don't exist, though. 
pill shapes are extremely sought after, and some we think are freighters. Not a huge variety you would expect from a made-to-spec craft. The best analogy I can give for the variety slash spec comment is I think of it like wrapping food in tinfoil on a plate. It's a bad analogy, but you get the idea. Usually, they will always be round or oval sometimes, even pill-shaped. The tinfoil fits the intended function of covering everything without squishing it. Even stories of MJ-12 suspect the president didn't have a need to know. Staff at our agency were usually older and had been there forever. This tracks when considering term limits. Many abduction stories seem malevolent. Previous post I mentioned tools. I think the harm they cause is the same as cutting open a mouse to check the local population for signs of bad health, collateral damage. Do they just not like humans and like the planet? What's to stop them from just culling us all? They could absolutely destroy us if they wanted to. They have started launch sequences before that we suspect were tests on what they are dealing with. My personal view is that they have to stay out of our way, but keep us from destroying ourselves. I imagine life elsewhere in the universe often destroys itself. Do you think we will get more answers from the government? Disclosure, as in them telling us aliens exist? Or will the cover-up continue? At one point, they briefed us about opening up information about the craft, but not the construction unit. Nothing happened for months. New leadership shows up. Suddenly, it's back to bullshit and secrets again. As to the USAF, they must have the images and video of these things pretty close up. You'd think they would be the agency with the most knowledge of the subject. The USAF's goal is to fight other countries. They have footage, but it was mostly discovered and recorded by sheer chance. The Space Force, however, will be an entirely new thing. Their focus is similar to ours with a sprinkle of disinformation. Are all craft related to this factory in Grace? The ones we looked at, yes. Or are there more species coming here? Possible, but I wasn't made aware. It wouldn't shock me. I've wondered if we are being protected from others. Do we produce it, or is it collected from other craft and just recycled? Because that seems to be the case. We tried to produce it and failed. We produce a shitty variant of it and use it for certain parts that we build. Most of what we use for things that cannot be replaced is recycled. Our ability to rehash their shit has gotten better slowly. Or is it used up to the point we need to produce it to continue testing? They set aside certain amounts for research. Most of it goes towards reuse. Is there tech that was gained from these craft that the military widely uses today? Or civilians for that matter? A lot of your stealth aircraft sport smoother designs for one. Learning to track them also helped with targeting software. Laser technology comes to mind since it's a crippled version of what they use. Most of what I saw was way above us. It's hard to put the hammers in, and how you see through them into words. It's not like a drone camera, and it's not a clear image, to us at least. Can you clarify? They have a distinct fascination with radiation. Remember how I mentioned they don't go far from home base? When Fukushima happened, the construction facility deployed multiple UFOs to the location over multiple weeks. 
they were also very interested in Ebola at one point. We can't confirm abductions there, since the local population is... You get the idea. No one cares. <laughs> According to Alessandro, Italians seem to have a good grasp on the phenomenon, including that they originate somewhere from the Mediterranean. Is it possible that there is another UFO factory there? Starting this thread and seeing everyone mention the Arctic has me worried if there were others. It would make sense with other sightings, since as previously mentioned, far from home is rare. Does the moon hold anything of interest? No, not that I'm aware of. We know that UFOs entering and exiting the atmosphere do not go towards any known planet often. Are the flying orbs just scouts, research drones? Do you mean orbs in the sky? Or do you mean landed craft deploying them? I previously mentioned that there are tools that are shaped like hammers. They emit extremely bright light and are used as a sort of drone or scout. They are able to view almost 360 degrees and detect everything from minerals to bio. If a human encounters them, they are usually deployed to keep watch and figure out when to wrap up and leave. Do you think they interfere with our general science or investigations? Yes. They do not want to be studied. They also do not collect down craft or occupants. It seems to be an oh-fucking-well approach. E-115 is the exception. They don't seem to enjoy the idea of us toying with it. Do they seem to learn when the craft get caught? Yes. There is an area they actively avoid in Mexico, among others. They also deploy more drones than piloted craft, unless absolutely necessary. Do they become harder to capture next time? Yes. Is the technology they reproduce increasing rapidly or lags for years? I wouldn't say it's an increase in technology. It's more like adjustments slash better understanding how to operate. It's one reason we fought about 100 years for the first deployment of the construction facility. If we're here for years, we would have seen the majority of all adjustments made. Is your department using AI to learn more about the findings you make around the attack? Not when I was last around, no. Does the factory produce any signature, heat, electromagnetic? How do you track it? Both. We rely mostly on detecting the gravity it produces. It normally doesn't produce heat outright. When it does, we believe it's in the process of construction, since a small heat buildup can be detected when a craft returns or exits. We think this happens when it's being broken back down into parts or assembled. We can only detect these heat signatures when it's near the surface of the ocean, so sometimes a UFO will pop out on us. How do you know about other countries' efforts? We don't obtain the information directly. It's passed along to us. My guess would be the typical way we get to know anything, such as spying or bribery. And why does the USAF not know about the other country's efforts what your department does. My department sits above the USAF for UFO recovery and information in the same way the USAF sits above me on military plans for Ukraine. We were told at the time if we had to give away information, only tell the public what the USAF knows. I'm pretty sure other countries, no departments like mine exist. Alternatively, do they know about U.S. efforts? Russia and China, yes. Others, it depends on the level of information. Some governments still don't know aliens even exist 
or unsure. How do we know you aren't some FBI agent or other glowy? There's no way for me to prove that to you. You should always be asking though. All I can say is pay attention to things as time progresses and you'll be able to look back and see I was right. How many craft do we have at the moment? I don't know. I can tell you I've seen about 18 different models pass through for testing and research. Is Lockheed Martin involved in reverse engineering? They are a great company, aren't they? Can you describe some of the other tools found on Red Craft? We have found things as simple as basic tools akin to tweezers in the lab. One that sticks out to me was an oval-shaped silver ball that would change colors based on how close it was to a source of energy. Another would be a sheet of metal that allowed you to view bones by placing it near someone's hand, etc. Can you describe any injuries or deaths that occurred involving alien craft? I've witnessed no deaths or injuries aside from corpses. <laughs> I've never got to see one we had with an abductee, but they weren't sure at the time if she died on impact.